0: Hi everybody, I'm Taylor Onion, and this is Power the Journey. We are powered by Gameplan with a focus on e-learning, career and mentorship services, and data-driven feedback. Gameplan is the only all-in-one platform for total athlete development on and off the field. Partnered with over 300 athletic organizations at various levels, Gameplan is uniquely positioned to guide high school, college, and professional athletes through 100% of their journeys. For more information, visit gameplan at wearegameplan.com. That's wearegameplan.com. All right, as I mentioned, I'm your host, Taylor Onion, and we spend time talking to folks in all aspects of athletics, from administrators to some of our content partners and beyond. And today, we are talking with uh, one of our partners from Rise to discuss the impact of creating an inclusive work environment. Uh, So today's guest, Dr. Andrew McIntosh, is the chief program officer for RISE. He leads the uh, translation of RISE's mission to educate and empower the sports community into sports into programs for varying audiences and contexts. He's worked in the business sector for over 10 years, leading the implementation of organizational development initiatives and developing performance management, along with training and development strategies. He's also worked both within the United States, as well as internationally, helping various organizations to design and implement sport initiatives that build life skills and character. Dr. McIntosh, welcome. How are you?
1: Um, Pleasure to be here, Tila. Yeah, I'm I'm doing well. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Excited to have you on today. So as the podcast is titled, uh, we're going to kick things off by having you tell us a little bit about your journey to date.
1: Yeah, um, so, so I'm originally from Trinidad and Tobago. I often ask people if they think I have an accent. Most people, most people say yes. Some people are unsure of my question, but most people say yes. Uh, and I say, yeah, you know, that, that accent, that way of speaking comes, you know, from Trinidad and Tobago, where I'm from originally. Uh, and I, I spent a lot of years in the corporate sector, but was really concerned about development of life skill and leadership potential for young people. And that led me to do a lot of work in sports uh, space. Uh, and then, you know, from there, Kenna said, hey, I need to formalize that education and that understanding. And with that, came to Michigan State University where I did my PhD. So, so that's kind of my journey to the U.S. You know, once I was here, I did a lot of work in Detroit um, with Detroit Police Athletic League. I just really saw a huge disconnect between the resources that those young people had in their high schools and in that city um, and the resources available to, to young people in East Lansing where, where Michigan State University is located and, and so you know the whole idea about race playing a, a role in trajectory and outcomes that young people have um, became real for me in a, in a very tangible way because I was commuting between both cities and and doing the work that I did in terms of life skills and coaching about in those places. And so I just really developed a, a huge passion for talking about race, um, talking about racism, talking about um, equity uh, and the ways in which we can use sport to, to you know, really bring folks together and recognize that we don't all share similar perspectives, similar backgrounds, similar experiences. And, and as a consequence, Similar trajectories, right? So, how can we just make sure that even as we are living and navigating our lives, we recognize that not everybody is in as privileged a space or has the same access or opportunities for access um, as we might have ourselves? So that's kind of my journey. In short, um, let me know if you want to want me to go into any any more details, more more anything else in more details. Sorry.
0: Yeah, no, you're good. I have a, I have a feeling we might get there uh, with some of the additional questions that we've got coming. So the first one is what prompted you to make a move kind of from the business sector into the nonprofit space, what you're doing now with RISE and specifically being focused on sports and racial equity and social justice? Yeah,
1: so both my parents are teachers. So I think that that is kind of really where it started. Uh, they you know, talked a lot and demonstrated through their professions. Uh, around giving back, it, it was never about winning a, a ton of money. Um, you know, quite quite frankly, you know, when I looked at some of my peers and the opportunities they had with their families and their parents, I didn't have similar ones. And my folks always said to me, "Well, you know, teachers don't make that much," you know. And so I learned that very early on. But they showed me, and I, I learned through the relationships they had um, with their, some of their mentees and former pupils, etc how rewarding giving back can, can be, could be. So I think that was always in the back of my mind. So even though I, I entered the corporate world and worked and there for a you know, specific period of time, I was always motivated in, in how I could give back and how I, I could make a difference. Uh, so, you know, I again, sport for me, you know, I, I ran track and played soccer growing up uh, and recognized that coaches were probably some of the largest influences on my life. There were things that my parents probably tried to teach me um, that that I didn't listen to, but I would listen to if a coach told me, if my soccer coach told me, hey, you need to to get up and and run six miles every morning, I would do that. If my mother told me to run, I'd be like, well, why do I need to get up? So um, recognize that sport has this this real hold and this real power over young people uh, and their focus and their energy. And so I said, hey, if if I want to make a difference and give back, sport is probably the best space to step into to do that uh, and again that that's kind of what led me to Michigan State and led me to do my PhD around this space and like I said that just the disparity between Detroit and East Lansing really brought to bear the disparities you know I came to the US in 2010 so Detroit was going through uh, that recession they were in receivership I think they had a, a manager at the time who was kind of overseeing everything that they did, right? And so, you know, the city was in, in kind of in, in disrepair, in ruins. They were trying to figure out how they were moving things forward. There weren't a ton of resources available to coaches and young people in terms of sports. But I, I existed in a, the city of East Lansing, which yes, you know, they were, they were going through some hardship as well, but the hardship wasn't the same. And then you have a population in Detroit that's 95% black. You have a population in East Lansing that is 95% white. And it just became clear to me that the young people in East Lansing are just gonna have a, a different trajectory than young people growing up in, in Detroit. And whether that is intentional or not, I don't think it is intentional, but you know, here's a case of the way that society has been set up, it's structured, and these systems are gonna make sure that you know these predominantly black kids are gonna have a different outcome than these predominantly white kids. So again, you know that that's kind of what made me want to step into that space, made me want to understand the ways in which sport could assist and help. Uh, maybe want to prepare coaches and other adults better to to have some of these conversations because I think I think anybody could have observed what I observed, the disparities between both cities, but I don't know that anybody would have been willing or I think we're in a different space now society wise, but you know talking about eleven years ago, I don't know if people would be as willing to say, hey, You know, the the black kids are not going to have the same outcomes. The black kids are not going to have the same trajectory. Something is wrong with that. Um, And even if you did do that, I don't think people would have been as willing to listen back then as they are now. So that's kind of really what led me to say, hey, we need to to do work in this space. I would like to do work in this space. Um, And, you know, work in this space is important.
0: I think uh, sport has been, you know, widely, maybe globally recognized as, you know, a vehicle for for social change over the years. So I want to kind of get into talking about a little bit about RISE, talking about the, the partnership, of course, with, with Gameplan and why that's been important. But I think it would be good uh, if you could explain, you know, for anybody who's listening who's not familiar with RISE or familiar with the mission, um, just what it's all about.
1: Yeah, so, so Rise is a, a nonprofit. We've been in existence maybe seven or so years, um, really using sport as a, a space and a context to have what we accept and recognize are difficult conversations about racism, about race relations, and about social justice more broadly. Uh, we work with athletes from middle school age all the way up to the professional leagues to have these conversations. We believe that these conversations, as divisive as they have been in this country, uh, can be positive and productive if they are approached in a particular way and if people develop skills, skills like perspective taking, like empathy, like reflection, like conflict resolution as, as as they have these conversations. So our goal and our aim is to educate folks about what racism is, how it manifests itself, Um, how it can be addressed, and also to empower those athletes, organizations, and others who are already passionate about this work and already doing work in this space so that we can have more of these conversations. We can have them more in a productive and a positive way, uh, and we can really create an impact um, to to end racism as it exists um, in in our society. So that's that's rise pretty high level.
0: Yeah, so obviously... Uh, I, I can see why it made sense for Rise and Game Plan to, to partner together, right? Like we're on the space of trying to guide 100% of athletes through 100% of their journeys. Their experiences on campus are, are going to be a piece of that, right? And so educating them in every aspect that's possible and, and kind of providing that holistic uh, you know, learning environment, uh, and being able to provide all the, all the education necessary to, de- to develop them holistically is also important for us. So talk to us a little bit about, um, from the rise perspective, why the partnership with game plan, why did it make sense? You know, at the time that, that it went through.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so rises is, is, is doing education. Uh, a lot of the education we did was in prison. Um, you know, again, right, these conversations tend already to appear to most people to be difficult conversations to have. And so, you know, the, the thought and the belief early on was that we had to do these conversations or we needed to have these conversations in person on the ground. Um, we had Game Plan reach out to us, it could be four years ago now, um, and say, hey, you know, this is the work that we do in preparing athletes as they think about their careers and their career development. And we would love to to partner with you and and use some of your content on the platform. For us, it it represented, I think, an an opportunity to step into the digital world um, and see um, how content and and our messaging could could work in that space. So that's one. Two, it it also meant a a wider audience that we could reach out to. Um, But I think, you know, what really solidified I think our relationship is, is a similar philosophy, right? Which is that athletic development should be holistic development. Um, and so for us, even as we've put together our programming, we, we consider it to be leadership programming and, and game plan in everything that it does with the wide range of topics that that you touch on is still thinking about it as leadership development for, for the athletes, right? So it's, I think on both organizations' parts, a question of how do we make sure that those who are gonna be in leadership positions in the future are best prepared to be inclusive leaders. And I think, so I think it's that um, commitment to that philosophy um, and preparing, you know, the current generation of of student athletes, who again, we kind of know are gonna be future leaders in, in various sectors in our society to be better inclusive leaders, to be better and more rounded people that really led us to continue to deepen our relationship um, to the point of exactly.
0: Absolutely. I think the, um, we, we talk, I feel like pretty often, at least, you know, in the, in the last couple of years, especially since um, uh, George Floyd's death, uh, I feel like the conversation has been pretty consistent around, you know, whether it's race relations, whether it's equity, whether it's social justice initiatives, things like that on college campuses have been, Um, very prevalent kind of front of of mind um, for everybody, it seems. And the focus a lot of times has been on the athletes, right? What kind of conversations can we be having with the athletes? What kind of resources can we provide the athletes, whether it's education or space, you know, to to talk and and, uh, form community and different things like that. Um, And one of the things that we are both focused on moving into the next academic year is a focus on educating administrators as well. We've seen the addition of of the NCAA's um, chief diversity officer on campus or a diversity designee on campus. Um, And, and, you know, things like that I think are are becoming more and more uh, common to see within the athletic department. A lot of times there's no formal training that comes along with with that particular uh, role on campus, specifically within athletics. Uh, And so as we think about, you know, inclusive leadership, and the ability to kind of create an inclusive work environment, what comes to mind first for you?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, first and foremost is that, you know, if you're trying to change and shift the culture of an organization or of a society, it has to to start at the top, right? So I think one of the things that I think you know, it's really important and I'm glad that, you know, the NCAA has, has got the point it's at. We have these designations on campus now um, and there are so many more administrators who are leaning in for this work and in, into this space um, is that it, it has to come not just from student athletes. I think, you know, they have certainly been hungry fit and have been demanding it, but it also needs to come from, from those in administration and, and those members of staff. So uh, the first step, I think, is a commitment at at the institutional and the organizational level to this work. Um, And building that into, um, I think the values um, and the policies and procedures um, of the institution. So certainly to to your point, some of that starts with with making sure people are adequately trained, making sure people are, are having the important and the necessary conversations. but but the commitment to me is is, is probably paramount, Um, and and that has to be, I think, one of the very first steps um, as people move into this. So uh, again, I think the framework has been laid um, in terms of what the NCAA has has put in place. I think a number of colleges and universities, as we've worked with them over the last year and a half or so, have taken very aggressive steps in terms of getting people um, appointed or hired into this role. Um, so I think you know that that shows that commitment. So you know I think some of that the training is what's next. Um, some of maybe layout of frameworks around how folks do work um, is what's next. Um, yeah, several next steps, but I think commitment to me is one of the most important things.
0: That makes sense. So, one of the things that, that we've been working on together, um, in addition to some some administrative-focused uh, education, is the new certificate program for RISE within the game plan platform. So, tell us a little bit about what that looks like, and then we'll get into kind of some specifics for for what athletes and administrators can expect from that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, we've put together, I think, 15, maybe 16 courses now together uh, with game plan. Pretty excited with, with the you know, the wide range of courses that we're able to put out there. But but one of the things that we've been thinking about is, you know, could we equip people with these skills and be able to, you know, certify them um, almost, um, you know, give them something that they can work towards in terms of the knowledge base that they're building up and the skill set base that they're building up um, and how, you know, further they might be able to, to utilize or put those, those skills into action. And so, the, the, the badge program or certificate program that we've built is one where folks take eight modules um, across the game plan platform. Um, They're given a particular time frame within which they need to complete um, eight eight modules. I think it's across two semesters uh, four each semester. Um, and we also built in um, some, some questions, some quizzes on the back end. We' built in a Capstone um, experience as well. Um, and again, it, it's all geared towards one, making sure that people educate themselves, develop some skills, but then also in terms of the capstone, are able to put what they've learned into action to really demonstrate their commitment um, and their desire to do more in this space. Uh, we see this as a, as a, a stepping stone to, to larger and bigger things, obviously, for, for a lot of these athletes. Um, but we think it's a really good, really good first step, you know, for both athletes and I think some administrators as well, right? So, to for one, gain some baseline knowledge, but two, begin to think about how they could put that knowledge into action. Because I think I think that has been in in my experience and, and our experience at Rise, one of the, the challenges that folks run into. One is, I mean, i will be sure. How implicit bias shows up. I may mean, not be sure how systemic racism manifests itself in my institution, but if I am sure and I am clear, what am I going to do about it? I think this program really, really tries to help people say, okay, now that you have some of this knowledge, here are some next steps. Here are some things you you can do. Here's a direction you can potentially go in, and you can, you know, you're able to kind of measure and. and uh assess the impact of, of the steps that you take as well. So so that's that's the goal of this program. You know, it's, it's gonna be built out and it's gonna develop obviously as the years go by, but I think it's a really good first step um in this direction.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that um that space between knowledge and application is a gap that, you know, as educators in general, we need to continue to close that, but especially as it comes to education as important as social justice and race relations and equity and, and all those kind of things. So what can administrators and, and athletes expect from the new certificate program?
1: Yeah, so again, you know, we, we believe at arise rise that any conversation in this space needs to start with yourself. It needs to start with who you are the values you have, what you think you bring to the table. Um, no one is asking, you know, athletes or administrators to to let me phrase it the other way. We want athletes and administrators to be authentic in this work. Um, and that means that each of us is going to show up to the work in a very, very different way. Um, so utilize the skill sets that you do have. There are some things that that give you privilege, give you power. Um, you know, you might need to act as an advocate. You might need to act as an ally in some spaces. Um, and then that's fine. And so we start with knowledge of self, the um, identity of values. Um, we get into things obviously like, like privilege, like bias. Um, but we also get into things like power, right? What power do you have? And how can you leverage the privileges that you have as power? Because for us at Rise, um, we see privilege as power. Privilege, I think, for many people is a bad word, um, and people get defensive around it, but we don't want people to see privilege as something to be defensive about. Privilege means you can act in ways that other groups cannot. So how can you utilize that ability to act um, on behalf of others or to the benefit of others? That's what we are challenging folks to do. Um, We're also going to be educating people in your program about sport as a vehicle for change. You know, how, how has sport been used previously? How will how can you now think about using sport, your sport, your platform, um, or the platform of, of your athletes, um, helping them think about ways in which they can improve their society? And then we always end um, our, our programming with something focused on, on community building and leadership. And so... You know, there there's gonna be some content around that as well because that that is important um, as folks think about their communities, whether it be on campus, their team, um, or the communities in which they live um, more more permanently. So, so that's some many things that, that folks can expect as they, they go through our program.
0: What kind of, so from, again, from the RISE perspective, what kind of outcomes, in addition to application, obviously, are y'all hoping to kind of see from your end or hope to achieve through, you know, uh, the the certificate program specifically?
1: Yeah, so, you know, kind of as I alluded to before, you know, one is we want increase increasing number of conversations about social justice, about racial equity that are taking place. So. You know, we see this partnership as, as helping us to be able to, to achieve that. We wanna raise the level of awareness and knowledge about these issues. We want people to feel like they have the language, the vocabulary, um, the skills to engage in these conversations in some meaningful, in some thoughtful uh, and provocative ways. Um, we want folks to also think about the things that they can do and bring to bear the skills that they've learned and acquired to those things. So we want people, athletes, administrators, going into this feeling like, hey, if we do these things heading into the the next semester, we are going to make a difference in this space. And we truly hope and believe that going through programming like this is going to set them up um, for that type of of, of confidence. So there's an increased confidence that we're hoping to see as well. and you know, obviously, you know, if you kind of think back to Cook Patrick's model of evaluation, we obviously want to see impact, right? So we we are ultimately hoping that if you have more administrators, student athletes on a campus who have this knowledge, who are having these conversations, who are doing things that that make a difference in their community in this way, that ultimately that is going to have a, an impact on racial equity on their campus and and in the cities within which their campuses are located. So. Ultimately, I think that that's our, our, our end goal or end vision um, around all of this.
0: I think there is a general—I uh, don't know if consensus is the word that I want to use—but a general thought, you know, that surrounds uh, the culture of college athletics. That you know, we hear it all the time: this is the way we've always done things, or you know, it's never going to change, or things like that. We've seen college athletics as we know it majorly shift especially over the last you know couple of years and really over the last year with with uh name image and likeness coming into the fold too so it's possible that that change can happen and i'm thinking of the quote that is like the um the constant drip right that hollows the that hollows the stone it's that day by day education and information that really can lead to The bigger changes, the small changes that we see, you know, on a, on a more micro level can lead to some of those more macro level changes that, that we so need in college athletics. So with some of the existing education, the rise education that's in the platform right now, uh, what do you think about those courses and that education and its ability to help create more inclusive environments in athletics specifically and, and going back to inclusive leadership and, and education and all those things?
1: Yeah, so I, I think the content is there, right? Uh, I think the difference I I certainly see in the last 18 to, eight to, to 10 years, right, in doing this work is that I don't think 10 years ago there was as much content as there is right now around racial justice and, and even social justice more broadly that exists. I think broadly society wise, but even more specifically for the the college athletes and and those within college athletics. So access to the content is there. I think with a platform like Gameplan, folks have an opportunity to go in and at their own pace, access content, use it to continue to educate themselves and and push themselves forward. Um, I also know given some of the things you have on your platform that folks can also create, some of their own content as well and curate some of that content um, so that their their student athletes and and maybe others on their team um, can can do work and and upload content there as well. So I think there's tremendous opportunity to continue to grow and learn. Um, At the end of the day, education is one side of things. I think what changes culture is behavior and action, right? So, So folks not only need to go on take courses, continue to to make themselves more aware and, and, and raise their level of education. But they need to really, I think, dig into one of the things, to your point, we are doing consistently day by day that is going to make us a better campus community, a better TU community, a better city community, a better nation community, right? So it is about consistently saying, hey, here are the things that we are going to, Change Here's the one thing we are going to do differently that we have just learned through a course or through an activity um, is going to make us a, a more inclusive environment. It's going to make us um, a more racially equitable environment, et cetera. So um, it, it starts with, with that choice, um, but it is that consistent day-to-day action and behavior that's going to to, to make college campuses more inclusive.
0: What would be your advice to let's say entry-level employees who are taking the steps, right? They're going through the education, they want to change behaviors, they want to take action to help create a more inclusive environment in their athletic department. Sometimes it can be hard to do that uh, if you're if you're the new kid on the block. So what would be your advice um, for those who don't necessarily have, you know, the title or the uh, authority within their department that some others might have who might not be doing anything?
1: Yeah, I'd say I'd say a couple of things. And I don't know how much of this is my personality, but I, I certainly feel as though it's, it's what works well. So I would say thing one is be bold, right? So, so set a very bold vision for yourself in terms of where you'd like your department to be or where you'd like your, your college campus to be. Don't, don't be limited in the vision that, that you have for yourself at all or you have for your department at all. You'd be super bold um, in what that is. Um, secondly, I think be realistic and be practical. So, you know, I I, I call myself a, a realistic optimist, right? So you, you're looking forward towards that that endpoint and that that super bold vision. You're holding yourself and your institution to a very high standard, but recognize that you know you have to to navigate some of the practicalities and realities um, to get there. So what are some small steps, again, that consistency? What is a step that you can take each and every single day towards that vision, right? And then sometimes you might get through five steps in one day, some days you might only get through one, right? But the goal, I think, is to really kind of see some, some short-term wins, some low-hanging fruit. Here are some things that you can do to kind of build your confidence, to kind of build some momentum um, as you move forward as well. Um, And then finally, I would say, you know, find allies in this, right? You know, recognize that you are not the only person who feels that way. Recognize you're not the only person who wants to make a difference. And I do know that on some campuses, some folks are the only person of color or the only um, person of Asian descent or heritage, right? Um, So, you know, reach out. Reach out to folks who might be in other states. Reach out to folks who might be on, on campuses that are similar to yours, because there, there is, I think, tremendous value in community. There is tremendous value in folks coming together with a shared mission and a shared understanding, a shared vision. Um, but those would be, I guess, high level, my kind of three three points of focus. So be bold in your vision, you know, identify small wins, small steps you could take, and then, you know, definitely finalize, current community.
0: Well, it. it's a good, it's a good philosophy for life in general as well. It's awesome. All right, so shifting gears uh, slightly here into kind of the final final block of the show. So first question is, in addition to maybe some of the stuff that we've talked about here today, what is the next big thing that's happening at RISE?
1: Yeah, so RISE is very busy and, and we're doing a lot. Um, so I think certification uh, and what that looks like and how we can prepare folks um, to, you know, have that skill set to act and step out and, and do that work is, is huge for us. So we're doing a lot of work in that space right now, both you know from a digital standpoint as well as an in person standpoint. So some more to come there. So but a lot of work taking place in that space. Um, and then we we've also kind of doubled down on our efforts from an empowerment standpoint. So what are the ways in which we can assist people who do want to do the work on the ground now? So you know, hey, we 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 know we know these things, we know the issues, but how do we kind of take what we already have and put that into action? So we're building out a, a lot of programming around that as well, so that folks can can step into this work um, a little a little bit more easily, I, I would say, um, and they have some some clearer direction on here's what I can do right now that is going to make a difference. So so those are the two big, big areas for us right now.
0: Awesome. Okay, and then final question. If you could turn back the dial and talk to your 18-year-old self, what might wow. you say?
1: <laughs> wow. I don't know. My 18-year-old self didn't used to listen as much as, as this self. Um, <laughs> again, I think the whole question about vision comes up for me. Uh, I think I was not as confident at age 18. team. Um, I didn't think that my voice mattered and made as much of a difference. And it's one of the reasons why, quite frankly, that I see the need to work with this group of young people. They, they obviously have a confidence that I never had, but, but certainly, you know, I want to make sure that, that we are there as adults to support them as they step into that. Um, and so that's, that's the advice I give my 18-year-old self, that, hey, you know, continue to have confidence in, in what you want and what you believe in, because it is possible. Um, I don't think I had as much confidence. I, I doubted myself and maybe doubted my world and the support of the world uh, a little bit too much at that age. Uh, not not, so, not good to be cynical at age 18. I hear
0: you there. Awesome. Well, Dr. Mcintosh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know you'll have a lot going on, but taking the time to join us today, it was great to learn a little bit more about your journey and also hear about all the wonderful things that are happening at Rise.
1: Yeah, thank you for for having us thanks in partnership. look forward to a lot more great with. You.
0: For sure. If you enjoyed our conversation today, please let us know. You can like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check back in next week as we interview another industry leader. And don't forget, your journey has power.